I'm gonna take one, baby. All right, family, we are back with the Take One podcast, and I am so happy we are starting a new series called our Assured series, but we're just going to be walking through Holy Week and talking about um, why we celebrate some of these days, um, what they mean to us, and most importantly, just how we can apply these things to our everyday life. I think sometimes Holy Week comes around every year and maybe we just take it for granted or it's just like, yeah, that's when everybody goes to church and dresses up. Um, but these are just um, some pivotal stories of the gospel um, that we can apply to our everyday life. So with no further ado, we're going to start off with Palm Sunday, which is coming up this Sunday. And we can't wait to worship with you guys. Um, our children will also be leading us in worship. So it should be a great time of celebration. Um, so I want to just start with this question, like, why do we celebrate Palm Sunday? What makes it a big deal? Why is it significant? Yeah, so... Um, and sorry, uh, can you introduce yourself? Oh, uh, sorry That's one thing that, I forgot yeah. to do. Sorry, y'all. I'm getting my caffeine right now. There you go. I need some caffeine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Richard Reeves. And um, yeah, do we all need to introduce? Who, who all is here? Yeah. Rebecca Rhodes. Hello. <laughs> Artez Henderson, senior. Yeah, senior. Yeah. I like it. Senior. Like it. Come on, senior. Right. Adriana All Steele, right. that is not caffeinated yet, but will be halfway <laughs> That's through. Right. Amen. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, Palm Sunday is the beginning of the week of Holy Week. And so uh, Jesus, up to this point, has been uh, staying away and really not allowing himself to be cornered <laughs> by his enemies, um, who ironically would be the Pharisees and um, you know, the, the Jewish leaders. And so it's his entrance to, um, to take the throne, really. And, um, and yet the way that he does it is so um, off-putting. And even his entrance is quite... Uh, off-putting branches and um, riding in not on a great stallion but a young donkey Uh, (laughs) and uh, it's it's almost hilarious as you think about it the king of kings the lord of lords on a donkey Um, I mean nobody wants a donkey and nobody wants to ride on a donkey and yet uh, that's how he comes in so uh, so yeah it's really the walking through the door, front door of the, the rest of the week that ends with his death and resurrection. Hmm. Anybody got anything to add to that? Yeah, I would just add just, I mean, you're talking about a, a pivotal moment in history, hmm. uh, even going back to Genesis chapter 3, just a promise that uh, Christ would, uh, he would crush the serpent's head. Hmm. And so... This is coming to a head. Those things that were prophesied, we see God is about to fulfill his promise. So that's a, it's exciting, redemptive history. Yeah. All right. So Richard uh, just changed his scripture (laughs) for this week today. You're welcome. So thanks. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to go ahead and read it for us, please. Okay. Yeah. I've changed from Luke 19 to John 12, um, John's account. And the primary reason I did it is because it, it really 
um, it gives the historical realities and, and the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem, but it also uh, gives Jesus's, um, Jesus frames it um, at, at the end of the passage that I'm reading. So I'm reading John 12, verses 12 through 26. Um, this is God's word. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had, had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you're gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless a kernel of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. This is the very word of God. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks to God. God. Amen. Wow. Yeah, so we see there's so much in this. <laughs> um, yeah. I see why you changed it, too, because, um, yeah, John 12, 24 through 26, like that's one one passage that definitely sticks out to me in my Christian life. Um, mm. So, okay. So Jesus comes in, like you said, on a donkey, which is crazy. Um, and we see a few different responses to mm. Jesus. Um, especially like in the Luke passage, we see where people responded um, with delight and worship. Um, but we also know that the Pharisees were upset that he was claiming to be the son of God. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, just wanted to see, like, I feel like throughout my life, I can be on both sides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can sometimes respond to God with Hosanna, you know, and praise and everything like that. And then other times I definitely have times of just, I feel like rebellion, you know, right. or just unbelief right. um, at who God is and what he can do. Um, so how do you guys see these responses play out in your own life or even the lives of your other, uh, other people around you? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's all the time. And that, that's really why I changed the passage because, um, you know, it, Jesus in coming to Jerusalem and laying his life down was certainly accomplishing our salvation. But as he exposes here and teaches here, 
He was also showing us how to find life in this life. Mm -hmm. So, and it's completely counterintuitive. And, you know, as you look at the church today and, um, this really is, I mean, the, the, the grass for power, and that's where the Pharisees were. You know, see how, look, the whole world has gone after him. Um, what they were con- concerned about is the whole world was not going after them. Right. <laughs> and that's what we want. We want it even as ministers, even as worship leaders and mm-hmm. uh, children's oh. ministry directors. I mean, we want to be worshipped. We want to be affirmed by people. And Jesus, you know, and then I you know, I think of Dr. Phil who says, well, how's that working for you? Uh, That doesn't work out. I mean, the more we think about us, the more miserable we are. The more we serve us, the more miserable we are. And um, so he's saying, look, this is, I'm not calling you to die to die. I'm calling you to die to live. Mm -hmm. This is where life is found. And man, is that so hard to to believe and walk by faith. Hmm. Yeah. This is more of a question than a response, maybe uh, for you seminarians out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but triumphal, the triumphal entry has always been a little bit confusing in the sense of those the people who were there didn't know, at least didn't know for sure, that Jesus would die on Friday. Right. And so here they are. That's kind of this like almost like raucous moment. And I assume some of those same people are like in the crowds calling for his crucifixion six days, five days later. Mm. So, you know, we read this and we know what happened. Like we know the whole story. Um, But yeah, like I've just wondered like what, so these people, I don't know. Something that stood out to me was these people are saying Hosanna. It's like this really, um, positive, joyful, but also almost desperate, like cries, it seems like. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then, then Jesus, no, John, well, this is from John. So John is quoting the prophets and saying, this prophecy is being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And it's this, um, and it says, fear not, daughter of Zion. This is what the prophesied, pro- this is what the prophet prophesied that Jesus is fulfilling. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Um, it, um, I don't know, I just think it, I don't really know what my question is in this. Like the people's um, crazy kind of cry of Hosanna and you're saving us and then we're gonna call for your death five days later. Yeah, what I mean, it almost—it's like a, almost a haunting passage. That mm. I don't know if it should be, but yeah. when I read it, sometimes that's how I feel. I'm like, this is a little bit nerve-wracking, knowing what's going to happen five days later. And obviously, what happens three days after that is he rises from the dead, and it's all in God's plan, and it's according to His will, and it's this—the most amazing holiday in the in the Christian life that we get to re- remember and celebrate that. But anticipating the death of Jesus in light of the Palm Sunday is always just kind of strange to me. I don't know. Is that, am I on to something there? Is that, is it weird? Oh, like, absolutely. We have little four-year-olds like, you know, waving palm branches. We're going to do right. it this Sunday. That's right. And then five days later he dies, you know, it's just yeah. that. And I anticipate kids asking that question, wait, we're celebrating this thing. And then mm-hmm. that yeah. thing. So I don't know. 
Oh, yeah, maybe we ought to have children waving palm branches on uh, Resurrection Sunday, too, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to end the week differently than, um, than these brothers and sisters. But I, I think there's a straight, line, a straight line comparison. I mean, mm-hmm. the people of God... Had they thought he was going to literally take, a, you know, the political throne mm-hmm. and bring, you know, political relief and rescue, and um, and so, yeah, I mean, when he was arrested and he's naked in public, being beaten and flogged and spit upon, they're like, well, that ain't he. Obviously, is not the Messiah. Yeah, um, you know. And I think that's how we are in, my, in our lives. I mean, you know, I'm trusting you, Lord, but why am I suffering? You know, and he's, he said, oh, my hope is much greater than your circumstantial discomfort. <laughs> you know, I've conquered sin and death. And uh, the new heaven and the new earth is coming. And, um, you know, hold on just a little while. That kind of, you know, I think there's so many lessons of, you know, short-sighted hope. Um, if God doesn't meet my needs now, he's not the king. And, um, you know, and he does meet our needs now, but he does it by fulfilling our, you know, giving himself to us and allowing us to commune with him and know the living God and live in light of his tangible love, um, which is the very purpose for which we've been created. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, one thing that strikes me about this account is that you know, one verse that comes to my mind is uh, Proverbs chapter 3, lean out on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that was, I feel like that was an underlying message even for Jesus with his disciples. I mean, you're talking about the living word, doing life, you know, sleeping with these guys, eating, laughing, going to parties, you know, and Jesus dropping these like heavy, you know, very deep um Lessons about, hey, this is why I came. You know, mm-hmm. um, you want to see the Father? Look at me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm gonna turn down this. I'm gonna turn down this temple, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna rebuild it. You know, all these things yeah. that was kind of mind blowing. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. And and to them, it's like, well, we got the guy on our side. You know, even I know I'm getting off completely off script, but I'm no, going something bring it together. Yeah. We can go uh, off script. That's right. One. Let's that's just right. But <laughs> the disciples arguing, hey, I want to sit at your right. No, I want to sit, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they saw, okay, he has some authority. And once he once he gets to that, that place of power, mm-hmm. like put us in position, right? Right. But Jesus is humbling them like, you're thinking, you're, you're leaning on your own understanding yeah. as it relates to my kingdom. Right. And as Richard, you said, like, he comes in on the scene basically saying the time has come. Right. Like the time has come that I'm I'm going to crown myself on the throne. But it, was, it wasn't what his disciples or anybody really thought right. that this king was going to crown themselves. And even in verse 16 in, in our passage, it says this, his disciples did not understand these mm, things at first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times we had that in our life? We don't, we... Man. It's times we don't understand God's will, right. his ways, his means. Like, he love us, we love him. But it's so many times, like, God, I don't, like, yeah, I, you said this, but I thought it was going to happen like this. <laughs> but by his grace, at some point, he, he, he gives us a, a little bit of clarity, you know, and, and I believe that's what he did in our text. But when Jesus was glorified, they remembered in other words, God allowed them to remember that these things have been written about him, have been done to him. So, 
even in that point, you're talking about somebody who did life with Jesus for three years straight. Right. They didn't even understand what was going on. Uh, but at some point, God revealed to them, this is what I was pointing out to. Not what you thought it was going to be, but what I designed it to be. Right. Man, that makes me think. So like these kids and people are like waving the palm branches. And then Peter, (laughs) in about these moments and in the days following, he's pulling out his sword to defend Jesus. And he's saying, I'm going to go with you to death. And then like at the moment, he denies Jesus. And then you see Peter in Acts and he's like a different person. Mm -hmm. He is like full, you know, like what you're saying after Jesus has been glorified puzzle pieces fall in place. The Holy Spirit comes mm. in power. All, you know, so I, I, I have never thought about like the parallel between like the, I see Peter, you know, and like the gospels and you're like, Oh my goodness, what are you saying? Like close your <laughs> mouth, Peter. And then in acts, you're like, just, I mean, he is incredible and then, and has been transformed by the Holy Spirit and by the work of Jesus' death and resurrection and be, by being reinstated. Anyway, thinking about that path for these people from Palm Sunday through mm. like post um, resurrection is that's an exciting way to think about it. I guess that I've never really thought about it before. Yeah, I think that gives me hope too because it's like these are the people that actually walked with Jesus for three years, right? And they still didn't understand. Yeah, <laughs> right. you know? Oh yeah. Um, and like even Peter, like he denied, you know. Yeah. But God still used him so greatly. Um, Because I definitely feel like there are times in my life when, like, years and years and years later, I'll say, oh, yeah, that's why. And then there are other things years and years and later I still don't get. Exactly. You know? (laughs) I still don't know why that had to happen in my life. Um, But just how, like, we really will understand. There's this old song, we'll understand it better by and by. Like, we really will understand, Mm -hmm. um, especially at the end, right? Like, we will understand why God did all the things he did in our lives and, like, how he was working um, so for me, I think I have been Peter. I have, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I've, I've been all these people. Um, and like day by day, I feel like I can, like what you're talking about, the people that were like waving these palm branches and stuff. And then five days later, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely feel like in my heart, mm-hmm. I have gone through the week. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Of right. like, you know, yes, God, you're going to save me or you're going to mm-hmm. do whatever, whatever. Then it starts taking too long. And then my heart can kind of harden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, how do you guys foster a heart of of worship and obedience um, and dying to oneself on a daily basis? Because mm-hmm. I feel like life life comes at you like life is going to life. And so, uh, like, how do you keep yourself, your heart um, in the right place? I think yes. one thing for me, oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, go, 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 go. Um, it's so powerful to read just this, you know, like this passage, but then like, f- I know for me, it's like um, this kind this passage on its own, like I said before, it almost frightens me because of how like revved up it is. And then, you know, it's going to get really awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so reading this, but also like, like literally daily practice of like, man, scripture, having the whole scripture close to you, not that you can read your whole Bible every day, but like being, um, bathed in scripture where you like kind of know, like you're remembering you, like you're doing what the disciples did later on. You're remembering what God has done from Genesis to revelation. And you can read this in hope, in light of the resurrection, in light of the arrival of the Holy Spirit coming in power. Um, 
I don't know. I think that like is so foundational for me and like um, handling kind of like the hard parts of scripture, which weirdly, this is a hard part of scripture for me. Um, And then, but to submit myself in obedience to God, I don't know, like that is such a foundational part, I don't know, for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just, the reality is Jesus is not calling me to do anything he's not already done. And to see that Mm -hmm. he, you know, Mm -hmm. he had the angst of, may this, Father, may this cup pass Mm -hmm. from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and even going in Jerusalem, he knows how the week's going to end. Yeah. And that just, you know, and he did it. This is his glory. His glory is death Hmm. that he might Hmm. be raised to life for the sake of others, for the joy set before him, which is us, his people, um, redeemed and, um, you know, his. So, you know, I think it is, uh, it's, it's a, complete walk of faith and repentance. It's, you know, oh yeah. I mean, allowing God to humble us and that's what he does. He loves the, he disciplines those he loves. And, um, you know, it's, it's constant, I think in my life for sure, in terms of marriage, family, you know, grandchildren, um, you know, it's just reality. If I don't, if I don't die to something, and give myself to those that really matter, then, um, you know, there will not be much fruit. <laughs> if I live a life completely about me, it's going to feel good in the moment. And I might find even greater success in the eyes of men, maybe make more money in the, you know, and all those outward things. But at the end of the day, um, you know, who have I, who's really known me and know my love how much fruit have I really produced Mm. so yeah just I think walking by faith in his promises um, even and especially when it's hard and we don't understand to know that we can believe the reality of his word Mm -hmm. Um, we can bank our life on it that is something I continually go back to you know what my flesh wants and what God says. <laughs> and I can trust that. And and when I don't, reflecting on, all right, how did that go for you? You know? <laughs> and uh yeah, that didn't draw me higher up closer to the God that loves me and that is my life. Um it just drew me further away. So yeah. Faith and repentance for me and trusting his word. Mm-hmm. One thing I think about, um, it just, it's, it's not attractive. It don't draw a lot of people. You know, it, when people ask the question sometimes, you're wrestling, like, what is my purpose? Like, what is God's, what is the purpose that God will have for my life? Yeah. Um, we can think about, you know, is there a spouse, a job, a business, Whatever, right? But you think about Jesus' purpose. He, throughout the gospel, said, I, I come to do, in other words, I come to do the business of my Father, mm-hmm. yeah, to glorify right. my Father. Yeah. Yep. But the, the best way to, to really experience freedom, life, mm. is to glorify God, but also that means to die. 
That's right. And as I'm saying that, I'm not saying that as a person who, you know, what I'm saying I wake up like I'm ready to I'm ready to die. Not in a literal sense, but, you know, in a spiritual sense and at the heart of dying is surrender. And that's mm-hmm. what Jesus was about. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was he was surrendering. Richard, you even said that, you know, father, if this cup would pass, this was the day before his resurrection. Um, let it be. But. Jesus, you know, was wrestling, the spirit and the man, the, you know, the, right. the God man was wrestling mm-hmm. and he eventually surrendered, would not my will be done, your will be done. And he drank the full cup of God's wrath. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, how do I cultivate and, and be honest with God? God, I don't want to die. I don't, I don't want to give up my agenda, my comfort, my way of seeing things, you know what I'm saying? And it's not a, it's not a miserable life, you know? Mm-hmm. But he knows that that's the best thing that we need. And his very work, I know we kind of get in the, I don't want to get ahead to, to Easter, him down on the cross, but that very work was to liberate us from ourselves. That's right. And what we think today is it's about me. I want to decide the moves I make, you know, the friends, you know, my career. Like all those things is just me centered, but I feel like we rob ourselves. Mm. Because when it's about me, we we reject the idea of surrender. We reject the idea of of wanting to die. But he clearly had a promise. If this seed stay alone, yeah, it it's just it, it just remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And so, I want that to be the life mm. or, or the evidence in my life that I bear much fruit to glorify the Father. But the means was that. It was daily surrenders. Mm. It was daily death to Artez. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. So good. Yeah. So like, what are that always that passage in particular? I remember the first time I heard, it, I was like, oh, that's so dramatic. Like we have to yeah. die. <laughs> oh, what does that even mean? You know, um, you know, as a child, uh, I think as an adult, I'm starting to learn what that means in different aspects of my life. Um, yeah. Definitely in marriage, like you learn how to die. <laughs> Out of yourself, Amen. Um, but yeah, like, what are some everyday examples of that uh, in your lives of dying mm. to yourself? Oh man, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, in a sense, it's more than just isolated acts, but it's mm-hmm. kind of the flow of your life in my life it's you know I came to work this morning and you know didn't keep driving to go skiing in Colorado you know (laughs) you know I mean I did (laughs) that uh believe me there's mornings I could just keep going over that bridge uh but you know I mean even even last week I did the you know the assessment center and uh it's long days you know we were up till 1 30 in the morning Wednesday night and you know, I didn't want to do that, but I know, you know, it's going to produce fruit. It's going to mm-hmm. pour myself in other people's lives, you know. I don't want to spend 20, 25 hours on a sermon. I don't want to wake up at 4 in the morning and, you know, begging God, give me some direction here because i got to preach <laughs> in a few hours, you know. Uh, that's a It's a hard life. It's a hard life going to work, uh, you know, hard life. Um you know, cooking for people, having people over. I mean, everything is yeah. die to yourself. But the more you give away, the more you, you know, the more you get. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could just keep going. Yeah, but. yeah I think um, 
the where it's such a comfort is like Jesus is king, right? I mean, that's what it's so right. dying to self. The reason we're called to do that and able to do that is because he is king. Amen. And the night, the wonderful thing is when I'm like in charge, like the buck stops with me. So I get blamed for every whatever, you know, if dinner is not great, I'm blamed, you know, mom is to blame. Hey, I um, better be grateful. <laughs> yeah. But if Jesus is on the throne, if mm. Jesus is king, like I, the buck doesn't stop with me. Yeah. Like I can like do things like restfully and like joyfully and be like, well, I'm not actually really in charge, <laughs> you know, and I need to, that's really serious. Like I'm not in charge, so I better be following orders of the king. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, yeah, go take it up with the king. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, not, not to be um, callous, but just um, that's the freedom of living the Christian life is, yeah. And so, yeah, mom life and wife life and um, work life, you know, all the things, you know, there's like a thousand deaths every day. Mm. Um, but that, but you see the many resurrections too, you know, um, I guess. So, yeah, all the things that you just said, Richard. Yeah, and I think too, it's, it's you know, you can think of it the other way. Like Friday, I, I was supposed to preach in Nashville uh, this past Sunday night. And Friday, I was so exhausted. You know, typically my ego would be, well, just do it, man. Mm -hmm. You committed to it. Mm -hmm. But I was like, no, I hadn't seen Rachel. I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. so I found somebody to preach. And so, and that wasn't easy. And all weekend I'm like, should yeah. I be there? Should I, you know, mm -hmm. did I take an easy way out? I said, no, I took the right way out. I listened mm -hmm. to God. Mm -hmm. And so there's death on both. There's death it's just everything is death and it's kind of how I see it um, you know but it's it's good because there is a king on his throne mm -hmm. you know you can say no yeah and he gives you comfort right like there's that you have this sense like I know I've done things sometimes where I've taken the easy way out and that requires repentance but sometimes it's like God comforts you in those moments and he's like no like I'm I'm the king rest right now, you That's know, right. and, Absolutely. and you, it's, I don't know, like it, it, that takes discernment to know what those things are, but right. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Like even hearing y'all, you know, you, Richard, Rebecca, Adriana, like it's encouraging me because when I'm thinking about what does that look like, uh, just Monday, no Sunday, I was leading a meeting, um, with some individuals at the church and, I always feel like this this lingering anxiety before, mm. you know, leading yeah. the meeting because people look into you and right. it's like, am I going to have a good agenda? You know, yeah. am I, are we going to accomplish what we need to accomplish? And, and I just get wrapped up in me, yeah. right? Like yeah. what kind of image I'm putting off and how people are receiving me. And then I start to, I start to base my worth off of how is the goal executed? Yeah. Right. So if it's yes. executed well, then I led well. Yeah. If it's not, then I didn't lead well. Yeah. And all of this stuff, man, as, as a young pastor, I just, I wrestle with, and you don't have to be a pastor to, to understand what I'm going through, but it's that idea of I can die to just this image management, That's you know? Right. I mean, right. look at Jesus, like best follower. He's the, he's the, the best preacher, the best counselor, 
administrator, whatever you want to, you know, um, parent, you know, in a way, nurturing the God, uh, his followers and things of that nature. But even them, like even his followers, the people around him still rejected him, still yeah. did what was right in right. their own eyes. And right. But that didn't discredit who Jesus was or right. is, you know. Yeah. And so for me, I just got to, I got to die to that and give that to the king, like you said, Rebecca, because he even said, he said, you think you... They they discredit me. They you know uh, persecuted me. Yeah. Right. You don't think you are gonna get persecuted? You know. Right. right. Or even if they hate you, be at peace because they hated me first. That's right. You know. So this whole idea, like my identity is found in Jesus. Yep. Therefore, you know, I don't have to be the person that he was already was or is for right. me, if that makes sense. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. I tell my kids that every day, but I want to live in light of that and, and, and die to that, the image management. Mm. Mm. That's okay. No, I, I wish I could tell you it got a lot better. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> let's, re- let's fast forward about 30 years, and uh, I'm still wrestling with that. I got you. And that, but that's a death I got to die too. that whole idea of, well, I thought I'd be better by now. I yeah, thought I'd I be, got you. you know, I thought I'd have it all together by now. No, you don't. Mm-mm. But I still got Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I definitely resonate with the whole image management thing. And even oh, yeah. I feel like God sometimes calls me to do things before I feel ready. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. It's oh, like, mama. I do not feel mm. ready. I don't feel prepared. I don't feel I don't have what yeah. I, you know, just whatever. Um, but it is just like death to the image management. And I think when I am able to do that, to see what God does in those mm, moments when right. I know I'm not qualified or I right. know I'm not. Right. It's just like, man, like that's the celebration. Like yep. that's yeah. like, okay, God mm. has done something amazing and I know it was not me. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. That's right. Some mornings when I get up to lead, lead worship, I am so tired and mm. my voice isn't doing what I wanted to do. And I'm like, Lord, yeah, <laughs> you know, no, come on. But I feel like those are those Sundays where it's just like, God has done something amazing. And yeah. like, I know it had nothing to do with me. Right. Um, yeah. But that's the beauty, and that, that is the death, and like you said, the resurrection that comes that's it. from letting it go. Mm. Uh, but y'all, we, we don't want to hold you too long. Uh, we've done our 30 minutes. We are just so happy um, that you guys have been tuning in and, and checking us out. And next week, we're going to talk some more about um, Holy Week. I think we're going to talk about Good Friday um, right. and how to embrace darkness in our lives. So I hope you guys come back next week. We're out. All right.